Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's Matt here. My last episode of the Photo Pro Venture vlogcast on photographic style seemed to strike a chord with a lot of you, and I really appreciate all the comments, shoutouts, and discussions. I'm truly touched that you're seeing value in what I'm sharing. I definitely don't have the answers, but asking questions, shifting perspectives, and sharing ideas with people who are committed to lifelong learning is what fills me up. So if you know anyone else who might enjoy this vlogcast, I would love it if you share it with them and have them join us on this journey. But on to the important stuff. What are we getting into today? We are going to dive into imposter syndrome. What if there's a good reason that you're feeling it? And what if it's a feeling that you should seek out and embrace? Let's get into it. I've actually been thinking about this for a long time, ever since I listened to Seth Godin's perspective on his Akimbo podcast. I'll link to that and other references in the show notes available at photoproventure.com slash vlogcast. But it was recently sparked by an Instagram conversation with Jen, a photographer from Toronto. You can check out her work over at JN Creative. Jen told me she is feeling stuck in the style she has created for herself. In our chat, she wrote, I find a lot of resistance in feeling too defined by my style and wondering how it can evolve. It carries a weird imposter syndrome type of feeling when I veer too far from what people are accustomed to seeing. Can you relate? And if not, have you felt imposter syndrome yourself? What was it like for you? Let me know in the comments on YouTube or shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Matt Cornick. To be an imposter is to deceive others by pretending to be someone else. An imposter syndrome is that uncomfortable feeling when someone feels like a fraud and it leads them to doubt their skills, talents, or achievements. Although it was first noted in high-achieving women, studies have found that it affects men equally, and over 70% of people experience it. 70%! So clearly, if you have felt this, you are not alone. Now, what if a tiny three-letter word had the power to potentially shift your perspective on being an imposter? That three-letter word is yet. Let's try it on. An imposter is trying to be someone that they're not. Someone with imposter syndrome is trying to be someone that they're not yet. An imposter is trying to do something they don't know how to do. Someone with imposter syndrome is trying to do something that they don't know how to do yet. Consider that if you're trying to create something new, to find a different way forward, or even to find your truest self, you're bound to feel like an imposter. Why? Because you are, for now. You've never done this specific thing before, and you don't know what the results will be. As Seth Godin puts it, you are describing a future that hasn't yet happened. So of course you're an imposter. Remember that the words yet or for now imply something that differentiates an imposter from someone with imposter syndrome. A person who is experiencing imposter syndrome has an intention to become that person. They are actively learning and taking action on what it takes to achieve that. An imposter is just trying to deceive those around them. 
Now, it probably doesn't help that people always spout the advice, fake it till you make it. I actually wonder if this advice, coupled with hustle culture, has made imposter syndrome worse. Better advice might be to take bold action to create a new future. But that just doesn't rhyme. The second aspect of imposter syndrome is the feeling that you don't deserve your success. That it was just luck. Or perhaps because you've tricked others into believing that you have more skills than you think you do. I believe that both aspects are related to a saying my grandma always used to tell me when I was a kid. Yavim genitz nevim. Which when translated means, I know that I know nothing. Now, my grandmother did not come up with this. It was just some old Greek guy named Socrates. And the way I understand it is that the scale of what every human doesn't know dwarfs what they do know. That the more we learn, the more we realize how much we don't know about a subject. Things that used to be simple become complex and nuanced. Now, I'll bet that when you first started photography, you didn't even experience imposter syndrome at all. Am I right? Let me know in the comments on YouTube. Although that might seem weird at first, it actually makes sense. It's based on a cognitive bias called the Dunning-Kruger effect, where people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. Now, that was definitely me when I first started photography. Very low ability, but high confidence in my photos. Boy, was I wrong about that. But without that ignorance, I probably would have quit before I started. As a beginner, it wasn't surprising when I didn't know anything. I mean, clearly I was coming from a place of no knowledge. There was so much that I didn't even know that I didn't know. Since other people knew I was a beginner, I didn't feel they expected much of me. So although I was less knowledgeable, I strangely felt more confident. But as I became more experienced, I not only gained actionable knowledge, I also gained knowledge of all the things I didn't know yet. I became aware that there isn't a simple, quick path to success. That even with all the knowledge I've gained, I still face situations where new problems show up. Ones that I don't know how to solve right off the bat. And I have to try something new. Something I've never done before, and I don't know how it'll turn out. Each time I face these situations, I feel imposter syndrome. Part of me says, as a professional, I should have known. I should have the answer. I feel that others have higher expectations of me now that I'm considered to be a pro. I felt it at times like when I struggled to get images in focus when I first started shooting fitness. And when I didn't understand how relative light intensity mattered when it came to balancing flash in dark situations. Or when I moved from a small and nimble team that did 95% of our work in natural light to a team where we had a lighting crew. And most recently, when I started this vlogcast, I, I mean, I feel like an imposter each time, each time, each time I sit down in front of this camera. Really, any time I'm trying something new in photography that I've never done before, I feel like an imposter because I'm making it up as I go along. But what if that's what it takes to be truly successful? To create something impactful based on who you are? What if everyone you see that's successful is making it up as they go along, at least to a degree? If that's the case, perhaps imposter syndrome can be used as a radar, giving you a signal that you're extending yourself to a new area of growth. 
that you're trying something that hasn't been done before. At least not by you. At least not yet. Maybe that means that we should feel excitement when we get that ping from our internal radar. Remember that fear and excitement are emotional siblings, and we can switch between the two just by changing our story about a situation. The Dunning-Kruger effect tells us that self-awareness and knowledge actually open a door to recognizing our own lack of ability. As an experienced photographer, I'm aware of how much I rely on the talents of those around me to achieve great results. Having a great shoot is a combination of many little things done well. I recognize that luck does play a role too, but I believe that hard work creates more opportunities for luck to strike. So I think there are two main ways of dealing with imposter syndrome when it arises. Number one, accept it. Know that imposter syndrome is a normal part of the human condition and that you're not alone. Don't make it right or wrong. Don't try to fight it or change it. Acceptance is all about letting it be and allowing it to pass. Number two, embrace it. What if you took acceptance a step further and embraced that feeling? Could you turn it into something that empowers you rather than holds you back? Try these things on and see what works for you. Now let's jump into some more concrete suggestions by answering a viewer question. Meg Rains asked this question on YouTube, which is related to what Jen was concerned with in terms of evolving her style. Meg wrote, I'm struggling with separating my own style from my client work. Today I am drawn to moody, dark, minimalist photography, but don't think that's what my clients would like. I have only done food photography for the same clients and I don't really work on anything else. But I would like to start defining and discovering myself as a photographer, so I'm committing to doing more personal work this winter. Is it possible to have a different personal style than my client work? Or do I merge the two together somehow? Another great question from the community. Thank you, Meg. Please keep those questions coming. If you have a question for me, head over to photoproventure.com ask, put it in the comments on YouTube, or shoot me a DM on Instagram. I always love hearing from you. I think that it's always hard to define and discover your style fully through client work. It can give you insights into things you don't like or even push you into new ways of thinking, but it just doesn't allow the freedom to fully follow your own internal voice. So in Meg's case, her idea of executing some personal shoots is a great one. I, I'd suggest a few. And that's because it may take a while to build up the skills and techniques needed to create stunning shots. Note that imposter syndrome is likely to show up since you're going to be making it up as you go along. Ideally, it's enough shoots that you're integrating them into your portfolio in a way that doesn't seem random or like a one-off. The other reason I'd set up multiple shoots is that having a selection to choose from will give you flexibility in how to showcase it. You could split your portfolios into client and personal work, bright and dark work, or you could integrate this new work into your current portfolio. For example, my own portfolio contains a bunch of client work, mostly from the same client, but I only include the work that I connect with, the work that I'd be happy to be hired for, because most often people will hire a photographer based on what they've done rather than taking a risk to hire you for something that isn't shown in your portfolio. 
Unfortunately, I can't tell you which is better in your case, but I'm guessing that as you pursue this, it'll become clear. By only having client work in your portfolio, you may currently be attracting clients that don't fully align with where you want your style to grow. Thinking of it as an evolution may be helpful. It's okay if your current clients don't connect with it, as they already know that you're capable of delivering what they need. This is all about attracting new clients, ones that align with the work you want to do. Perhaps even some of your current clients will evolve with you. Just remember, style is more than just a way of editing your photos, or the light you prefer, or even what subjects you focus on. It's a combination of all of those things and more. Your style is you. Okay, it is that time where I will share a few actions to further develop yourself as a photographer. Number one, find ways to accept or even embrace when you get that imposter syndrome feeling. Number two, take on a personal project that allows you to try those ideas you've had on the back burner. Number three, experiment with a different style and see what you can take from it. Number four, Collaborate with someone else who has an expertise that your project would benefit from. See what you can learn from them. And number five, notice other areas of your life where your knowledge is lacking, yet you feel confident of your own abilities. Perhaps it's because you don't know enough about the subject. Stay open-minded. Remember that you're on a journey and you haven't reached the end yet. And perhaps you never will. What if the journey is all that we have? Then enjoying the journey is how to win at life. I hope that I can be part of your journey and help you achieve your goals and dreams. If you like the sound of that, subscribe on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting platform. I want to leave you with a final thought experiment. Is someone an author before they've published a book? But how can you publish a book without authoring it first? We all start as imposters, and it's the actions that we take that bring who we want to be to life. So try one new thing and get closer to the photographer you want to be. 